0: Joining us now is former NFL wide receiver Don Beebe. During his nine seasons, he played for the Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers, and Green Bay Packers, and was a part of six Super Bowl teams, and he won the Super Bowl in in Super Bowl 31 with the Green Bay Packers. He wrote a book called Six Rings from Nowhere, A True Story of Faith, of Hope, and of Triumph. We're going to hear all about his journey today. Don, thanks so much for joining us. How are you?
1: Uh, Bryce, it's great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: All right, well, we're we're psyched to have you, and and we're gonna jump into your story in just a moment. But but I was just curious. Uh, you were known for for your speed, and and you came from a, a small school to surprise people in the NFL. And so, what what wide receivers in the league today do you identify with and, and enjoy watching?
1: Well, that, well, actually, they're my son. That's right. That's right. I, it's funny you ask that. I I have to say him right. Um, no, he's, he's actually uh, a rookie with the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, we're, we're just praying that the Lord just uh, gives him a platform, uh, at that level to, he can tell his story too, cause he has quite the story himself. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that, uh, are just great players. I mean, and I was fortunate to play with some great ones and, um, I just enjoy watching guys that, that are humble guys that, uh, love to play and to bring all the attention to others than themselves. And uh, I enjoy watching those types of players.
0: Well, you, well, you mentioned the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen has, has been one of the best wide receivers this year, and so I'm sure you, you follow the Vikings closely. What have you thought of, of his game and, and his unique story?
1: Well, let, let's just talk about both of those guys, actually. you know, Adam and Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, obviously, I I know a little bit more of the inside of who they are from a character standpoint and, the, and their personalities, and because of Chad being his, their teammate, and I can't rave more about those two guys. Um, obviously, they're you know both top five in the league, top ten in the league, and Adam, you could say he's number one in the league right now. Yeah, uh, he's putting up stuff that's never been put up, even by Jerry Rice, which is saying something. But they're better, but they're just as good, if not better, really good guys. I just remember when Chad scored his first touchdown of the preseason game who went over and got the game ball for him and they, it was Stefan Diggs. Wow. I mean, who does that, right? So I mean, that's just that just tells you the character of those two guys and Adam has been a real good mentor to Chad and and um, I couldn't as a, as Chad's father, I couldn't be happier with the organization and the players that he's with right now.
0: Oh, that that's cool. Well, well so what's that dynamic been like for you just as a as a dad but as a former NFL player? watching your son and, and, and wanting to, to be an encourager, but, but also you know, having the insight of knowing how the NFL works and all that sort of thing. What's that balance and dynamic been like uh, with, with that relationship with your son?
1: Well, it's been great because you know we talk um, virtually every day, sometimes two or three times a day. Cool. Um, and it's, you know, I, just have a, I just have a really special relationship with Chad. Um, I've trained him since he was five, so I was more than just a father. I was also his trainer. I was his high school coach. Uh, so we had a, a different dynamic of just being father, son. And, and I've always told them, you know, listen, when I'm on the field, I'm coach, when I'm in the car driving home, I'm dad, you know, so, <laughs> and, and now, you know, it's just, it's just great to be able to, you know, to see, you know, as college coaches and now professionally have, have that ability to coach the kid that I had when he was younger coaching him, Um, and it's just a thrill for me to, it, you know, my wife gets really nervous. I don't. <laughs> I kind of tend to get a little bit more nervous as a dad than I was a player. As a player, you felt like you were in control of the situation, and you could just go out and do your best. You know, when you're sitting in the stands, it's a little bit difficult. That's right. (laughs) But um, but I trust him, um, and I just trust the Lord. That um, every time he's at a tough situation, I always say, "Do you love the Lord?" And and Chad will say, "Absolutely, Dad." And I said, "Does he have your back?" Of course he does. I said, "Then what do we got to worry about?" Nothing. Amen. And uh, just go out there and be just. Just go out there and do the best that you can be.
0: That's cool. I, I love it. Don Beebe, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a former NFL wide receiver and, and really has an incredible football story and, and a faith journey that, that we're going to share today. But, but anytime you mention the name Don Beebe, you've you got to think about the Buffalo Bills and, and all those Super Bowl teams that, that you were a part of. And, and sometimes I get, I get nervous about the, the younger sports fans not recognizing how important and how great those Buffalo teams were during during those years, and and so just from from your perspective, speaking to kind of this next generation of NFL fans, what what do what do they need to know about those those Buffalo teams that that went to four straight Super Bowls?
1: Uh, oh, a couple of things. One is no team has has. Uh... You know, won four in a row, or I mean, gone four in a row, I should say. Uh, Buffalo is the only team. So when you're the only one to do something, uh, that's pretty special in NFL history. I mean, that could, that, that that holds a lot of weight. Um, I don't think anybody's ever been to three in a row, let alone four. I uh, could be wrong on that, <laughs> but I know there's been a couple of teams that have gone back to back. Obviously, I always tell people that it's way harder, <clears throat> way harder to go to four Super Bowls in a row than it is to win back-to-back. There's been several teams that have won back-to-back Super Bowls, but nobody's ever been to four. Yep. The second point I would make is look at all the guys now from that organization and that team that are in the Hall of Fame. Mm. The owner, the GM, the head coach, tons of players, Kelly, Thurman, Bruce, I mean, Andre, James. I mean, you just – that was a special team at a special time in a special place. Uh, what we have – I've been a part of a lot of different teams – you know, high school, collegiately, and professionally, what we had in Buffalo was very special. Uh, and it was more than just football games. It was family mm. from the top down. And, uh, you know, everybody knew everybody. It didn't matter if you were the equipment guy, the head trainer, the, the assistant trainer, a GA, whatever you want to call it, uh, the last player on the team to Jim Kelly. Uh, everybody knew each other, and, and we were family. And you could just see the gathering that was just that Monday night for Thurman Tomlin's retirement. I mean, there was, it, there was a ton of guys there. It, it the atmosphere was crazy and it was just really cool um, to be a part of that organization and that team at that time.
0: And, and just even today, you you mentioned uh, Thurman Thomas being recognized recently. So wh- what's the, the bond like today and, and, and how connected are you to some of those players still, still today?
1: Well, I mean, that team is still well connected. Uh, you know, we, we, each other probably a couple of times a year at different events, and when we get together, it's like we never missed a beat. It's like we're in the locker room every day together again, <laughs> and uh, we still get on each other like we're kids, like we're twenty-five-year-old kids, and and uh, but yet uh, we're all en- engrossed in our lives and know what's going on in the lives. Obviously, especially what's gone on with Jim, yeah. you know, in the last you know two, since two thousand thirteen. Um, you know, it's just when you're family that never goes away. No. I mean, it just never goes away. Um, and we are family. And I think there was 24 guys. I believe that's the number that went to all four. And that 24 is pretty close. Um, I couldn't make Monday. I felt terrible that I couldn't make it. But my daughter was in a sectional, and she's a senior. And, and if they would have lost, um, I would have missed my daughter's last game. I, oh. I couldn't have done that as a father. Um, and Thurman understood it. I talked to him earlier that day and he said beeps come on man love you so cool um that's just the type of relationship that all of us have
0: oh that, that's awesome don Beebe, our guest right now on unpacking it former nfl wide receiver bills packers and, and then also the carolina panthers and and so i want to share your your story you to share your your story uh with us today here on unpacking it and and, and i want to start with at, at what point did did football become the, the path that you were going to to go on take us well, kind of back to the beginning
1: first I knew it I knew at seven believe it or not I knew at seven when I gave my heart to to Christ that I wanted to play or do something special in sports I mean that was just me as a very young boy extremely active when I got home from school I was out the door playing sports I mean I didn't put my thumbs in a video game or Or anything that was indoors, just was not me. I mean, I was out playing sports. So I knew at seven I wanted to do something. Uh, As I went through high school, I didn't like so much football. I liked it playing in the backyard, but the contact part of it, believe it or not, I was kind of hesitant about. So I didn't want to really go off football. We weren't very good in our high school. Our high school program was really bad. Um, And then my dad kept forcing me to go off football. He said, "You either you're going for football, or you're going out for cross country." Well, I'm not. I can't run more than 100 yards, so I was stuck with this football thing. <laughs> and thank goodness for dads that understand biblically how to be a father. Mm. I see so many dads today, you know, forcing their kids to do something when it's not right and it's not not in the will of God, or keeping them from something that might be where that kid's gift is. Mm. You know, so I see both sides of it. And my dad saw a gift in his son at a very young age. And he said, no, you're going to, you're going to go do this. And so it was my senior year. We got a new coach in at Caneland high school and he instilled the love of football to me. And from that point on, I wanted to play in the NFL. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, to me, it's just, it's a long story. And I, I know we have some time, so I'm going to kind of give it a short reader's digest version of it, right? Yeah. yeah please. Um, because it is a long story uh, and and I'm very fortunate nowadays to be able to go out and share this story publicly all along, around the country to businesses and church and functions and whatever it is, and I really enjoy that. I mean, it is, and, and, and I say this a lot of times when I speak, there's two fears that I have in life as I was growing up, and one of the fears, I've already said, was contact, getting hit, <laughs> and the second one was public speaking. For me as a young kid, wow. to pray in front of my family, to stand in front of a classroom would have been, Virtually impossible. I was so introverted and shy, but God, God knew that He was going to have to change me, yeah. and He did in both aspects. Um, and now it's become my passion, both of them. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that's only God, believe me. So, I, I out of high school, I, nobody really came after me except a, a Division One two A school at that time was Western Illinois, and they were the only school that gave me a, a full ride scholarship. And as a father. And a parent. I mean, that's everything. Getting your kids' college paid for. That's right. You know, I. You know, 19. Who cares? 18, right? Um, <laughs> so I go there. I go down to the two-week camp, and I went at 165 pounds, and it was a really hot summer. Our coach was the ex-marine drill sergeant. This was his first year coaching football, and it was like going to boot camp, and and it was just, it was awful experience. Still, probably, arguably, the worst two weeks of my life. I lost 21 pounds. I couldn't eat. I was homesick. I was, I could, it was just an awful experience. Now, a lot of that was, I wasn't ready really to leave home to go away to college. Uh, I wasn't wasn't ready for the college scene. I was, I was girl sick, you know, uh, been dating this girl my junior year in high school, met her in kindergarten. She's now my wife of four kids. So, I I mean, I left. Yeah, I know, crazy. I left, went back home. And, uh, and, and dropped out of school completely for three years. Wow. I mean, I know crazy. And then after three years, I felt that itch to go back. Cause I had such a bad taste in my mouth after that two weeks, I had an itch to go back and play this football. And I felt the Holy spirit keep saying, go back, go back. And I was like, Lord, what do I do? Where do I go? Mm. Well, out of the blue, Western Illinois calls me back three years later. Now who does that? <laughs> I mean, think about that for a second. Why didn't they call the first year or the second year? Well, God knew I wasn't ready. Mm. And, but third year, the three years later, the coach calls me and tells me, you know, he, they'd like to have me back. But he said, you only have two years left because my eligibility clock had started. And I didn't know that. Oh. So I went back for the two-week camp again in 1986 because I graduated from high school in 83. And they told me I was ineligible for lack of transfer credit hours because I picked up some night classes at a JUCO. And, again, I didn't know that. So now I had to leave that school go back the spring of that following year with now only one year of eligibility Hmm. with a passion and dream to play in the NFL. Now, give me a break, right? (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. So I played I I land up getting um, uh, the starting job during the spring drills, and my NFL career actually started before my college career ever got off the ground. Whoa. I had a pro scout come through Western Illinois, and it was pro day, combine day, and before I had ever played, okay, they were running the 40-yard the dash, you know, the guys that were going to be seniors. Well, that was me. I wasn't even invited. I just happened to walk out of class, walked into Western Hall where they were running on the indoor track. Again, Holy Spirit lead me into that facility Yeah. because I wasn't even invited. And so I went up and asked the coach what was going on, and he told me five scouts in the NFL are here doing, you know, timing guys that are going to be seniors in the 40. I said, well, man, I'd like to do it. It would be kind of crazy. It would be awesome, you know. And coach said, well, you're not on any film, Don. You know, it's no big deal. And I said, no, I'd really like to do it. It'd be kind of cool. So he asked the Dallas scout, and the Dallas scout said, yeah, let him run. Who cares? I was in jean shorts and sandals, <laughs> typical college attire, okay, in a tank top. Uh, and they were not going to let me go back to my dorm room and get my shoes, my running shoes, and they weren't even going to let me warm up. So I kicked off my sandals and jean shorts without warming up, got in line, and I ran down the track pitter-patter and barefoot and ran a 4-3-2. Oh. And that – set the all-time record on that track. Now, at that time, Bryce, I had never been timed before, so I had no idea what I could run. Wow! And after I got done, that scout with the star on his chest came walking right over to me and saying, what's your name? <laughs> I said, Don Beebe. Don Beebe, what number are you on film? I said, well, I'm a 50-year senior. I've never played before. And he starts laughing. And he shows me the watch. He says, I've been doing this 21 years. I've never timed anybody that fast on my watch. Man. He says, well, man. keep your eye on you. So that's when my NFL career actually started. Again, God. Okay, the Lord just opening the door. So I had a great year at Western, but then I had a decision: was I going to enter the draft or go to an NEI school, really small schools in the country, which I knew nothing about. Mm. But I had to transfer within that three-week Christmas break to be eligible for the next fall. Crazy story. Yeah. I decided I was going to go one more year because I was probably free agents just don't hardly ever make it, mm. hardly. Okay, uh, and I might even not guaranteed even a free agent shot up until this point. So the Lord led me to this place called Shatter, Nebraska. I never knew where Nebraska was. Being from Chicago, I I knew Nebraska was west, but I had to get out my atlas. Of course, they were road atlases back then um, and see where Nebraska was. And it was, you know, I was looking around Omaha and Lincoln and used to, you know, all kinds of things, you know, like movie theaters and just people in general. But no, it was in the northwest corner, south, two hours south of Mount Rushmore in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's no way I'm going out there, coach, you know, because he called me. And asked me if I go and the reason I went out there is he recruited me when he was at Western Illinois five years previous and so now he's the head coach out of Shadron mm. and and I said Coach, there's just no way I'm engaged to be married now it's 15 hours away from home I can't do that I'm, I'm, I gotta go to a school that is a you know the NFL Mecca right that they're gonna notice me well how in the world is anybody gonna get a notice from Shadron State Nebraska oh. only God oh. okay only God so I go out there complete faith that the Lord was gonna take care of me and my wife because we had no job, we had uh, no income, we had no place to live when we trekked out there. But we had complete faith that God was going to take care of everything. And before we woke up, an elderly lady knocked at our window of our door to our car because we were in the car spending the night in a car in the football parking lot because we didn't have any money to buy a hotel room. Oh. So she she was the nicest lady we still probably have ever met. She <laughs> found us a job because she owned the drugstore with her, her husband downtown and a place to live, uh, what they call a mother-in-law houses of a friend of hers. And before we even woke up, God took care of all that. Oh. And, and so I had a great year at Shadron, okay? And, and then they were coming up and stuff like that, and I was like, okay, Lord, I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm done with football, but I want to play in the NFL. You know, Lord, just open a door, and I'm willing to walk through it. Well, lo and behold, a guy by the name of Bill Giles, who was a combine scout, not for one team specifically. He's a combine scout, which his job is to go around the country, and his job, and his region was the Midwest, to help find the top 300 players in all of college football. Now, it's all the Division One big programs, SEC, Big Ten, you name it. And, yes, the NAI Shadron States. <laughs> and to invite those guys, the top 300, to the big show in Indy where all the GMs, the personnel of every NFL team, at 28 NFL teams at that time back in 1989, are going to go to the big show in the dome, which was called the Hoosier Dome then in Indianapolis. How the world, a guy from Shadron named Don Beebe, looking like me, going to get invited to this thing? Only God. Mm. And so a couple weeks later, he put put me through a workout until his dying day. He never told me what it was, what I ran or anything. But he looked at me at the end of the workout and he said, Don, I've been doing this 32 years. He's an older guy, obviously. And he said, this is the best workout I've ever put a guy through. He said, how am I going to get you invited to the Combine? I have no idea, but I'm going to give you the highest recommendation I've ever given any player. And I was like, man, I mean, thank you. You know, two weeks later, two weeks later, I get this letter from the NFL inviting me to the combine. I mean, come on, tell me that's not the Lord, you know? So I go to this combine complete unknown. Nobody even knew who I was. I mean, I was talking to some teams through letters, which is this form stuff. I mean, they really don't even know you, but I go in there and, I didn't know that I needed an agent. I didn't know, I I didn't, I didn't have an agent. I didn't know what an agent really was. (laughs) And my roommate was Mike Barber out of Marshall University. Mm. Okay, so I go to the room and then all of a sudden somebody knocks on the door, it's the concierge of the hotel. And they had two shoe boxes, Nike shoe boxes. And he goes, these are for Mike Barber. And I said, oh, okay. So I took them to Mike and I go, what are those? Oh, Those are the track shoes I'm gonna run the 40 in tomorrow. I was like, oh, agent, track shoes? What are you talking about? He goes, you don't have any agent? You don't have any shoes? He goes, what are you going to wear tomorrow? And I looked down at my feet, and I said, well, these are the shoes I walked in the building. These are my old high school fishing shoes, oh. old ASIC fishing shoes.
0: Oh, my gosh. I
1: said, that's what I'm going to run in. He goes, you've got to be kidding me. He said, hey, I have one of mind. He was a size 12. I'm nine and a half. Oh, That's never going to happen. <laughs> so my dilemma, Bryce, was on my right sole, and I wish I would have kept one thing from my whole story, was these shoes. Oh. The right sole on my right foot, it was halfway, the sole was halfway unglued. So when I walk, it flopped. Oh my goodness. So my dilemma was, was I going to wear a rubber band, try to rip the sole off? I chose to just run it flopping. Well, I ran a flopping 40 and I ran a 4.25. And at this time, I did not know this, okay, until Bill Pullian, who used to be the head of Bledsoe, who used to run the combine years ago, Oh yeah. he told me this five years after I was retired, he told me this. He said, Don, he says, and I was at the combine sitting with him at the box with him and Tony Dungy and we're just talking and... He goes, hey, Biebs, you know you still hold the record. And this was like in 2003 or whatever. I said, record? I said, what do you mean? He goes, the 40-yard dash. I said, what? He said, yeah, you and Dion ran a 425 in 1989. That record still stands. I said, you got to be kidding me. I did not know that. Uh. Now, the reason I bring that up is certainly not to say anything about me, but is to say what God did for me. I mean, what an amazing feat. Of a kid that came from nowhere, running the fastest forty time in NFL history with a flopping fishing shoe? I mean that's crazy. <laughs> you know? So to say the deal you know, when I got home, Bryce, I mean the LA Raiders, it was LA at that time, and the Green Bay Packers were literally on my doorstep of a of a you know, a place that was like, you know, six hundred square feet. It was just a Munlaw house. They were on my doorstep. How they found the place is <laughs> you know, amazing thing in itself.
0: That's, right. that's a miracle and
1: I had yeah, so there's 20 28 teams. Like I said, I had 21 personal workouts. You know, guys today, and even even during that time, you had one. You had one workout, and they were all there. Yep. No, 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 no. I had 21, and I was there. Wow. You know, um, and I was running times, and the fast time I ran was a 4:21 by the Jets, and uh, during those workouts, and then I landed up being the first pick in the 1989 draft by the Buffalo Bills in the third round. They didn't have a first or second round pick that year. So I was their first pick, and I look at kids today, and I tell them, I said, listen, if I can do it, why can't you? I said, you know what the problem sometimes with is we limit the Lord. We limit God. Mm. God's a big God. He can do anything he wants at any time he wants. You just have to go do it, work hard, and let him open those doors, and if he shuts the doors, then go find the next one, you know, but you just got to stay with it and never, never quit, And, uh, and that's what I tell people on stages today.
0: That's incredible! What a story, Don Beebe, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He went on to play nine seasons in the NFL, and he went to six Super Bowls. He won one with the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl Thirty One. And uh, he he wrote a book all about this story, and he, he goes into even more detail. It's called Six Rings from Nowhere: A True Story of Faith, of Hope, and of Triumph. And and Don, so we we hear this story, and and we see how. God's hand was really on your life, opening doors that, that only he could open. And so now all these years later, when, when you look back, why do you think God called you to the NFL? Why do you think he wanted you to, to be there, and, 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 and how did he use you uh, in, in that way?
1: Well, first of all, as an NFL player, it automatically gives you credibility, which, you know, I, right or wrong, it's just the way it is. You know, people are more willing to listen to somebody that that played in the NFL, and athletes. Seventy-two percent of high school kids play athletics, so it's a it's a big thing, and it, and it certainly is a is a platform uh, that a lot of guys take it. You know, I want to say take advantage of, but use to the glory of him, mm. not themselves. And and so it's funny because when I when I always was a Christian. I mean, I've never known my life of not knowing the Lord. I've never wanted to walk away. I've never walked away. I'm a sinner like everybody else, but I know where to turn in good times and bad. Amen. And so when I got to the NFL, I was, like I said, extremely introverted. I mean, the chaplain, I was the first pick, too. So, I mean, a lot of churches and people wanted me to come speak, and I kept telling the chaplain of the Buffalo Bills, Fred Rains, who's a great man of God, you know, I can't do that at that time, or I've just come up with an excuse. And in a lot of ways, it was lying, you know. And and, and it's because I was so... Introverted. Well, this is why we have friends and we surround ourselves with close friends that, you know, love the Lord and can hold you accountable. Frank Reich was my friend. Mm. Okay, and everybody knows he's the head coach of the Colts now. But we were roommates for six years, and and I remember going to my first speaking engagement. Okay, and I went because Frank was going, and Frank was kind of lead speaker, and I was going to speak to. And as and it was an hour and a half trip, and we were just driving together. And I'm telling Frank my story. You know, he had never heard my story before, just like I just told you. And I told it within a little bit more detail. Yeah. And I told him how nervous I was and I didn't I turned down a lot of events and he looked over at me like any true friend of the Lord would, and he said and friend of you he said, Beevs, you need to get over yourself <laughs> And I said I said, you know, and it caught me off guard. I was like, I didn't think I was you know, about me and conceited in that way. And I said, what, what are you talking about? He says, Beevs, this story is a great story. This story ain't about you. This mm. is a story about the Lord. The Lord gave you this tremendous story. You need, people need to hear your story. Mm. And, I, and it knocked on me, and I was like, man, he's right, Lord. And my Holy Spirit inside of me just said, I'm just going to attack this thing tonight. I'm going to love doing it. I know I'm going to be nervous, and my armpits are going to sweat, and I'm just going to go get through it. And I came out of that more touched than the audience was. Wow. I mean, I was emotional. I was moved and I got in that car and I was so fired up. I was like, Frank, man, that was awesome. And he goes, see, I told you, man. <laughs> he said, and so from then on, it got better. I mean, it doesn't change overnight. And a lot of times it can. Okay. God can do anything he wants at any time he wants, but it was a slow process, but I kept taking on more and more and more. And now today I just, I, it, it's a completely reversal. Mm. I can't wait to get to the stage and tell people about the Lord and my story that God's given me. And. And that's now how I'm, you know, telling my four children, you know, they all have gifts. Everybody in this, that's listening to this right now, you've all been gifted with something. Mm. Go find out what your gifts are and use those gifts to glorify the Lord, mm. not yourself, It's not how much money you can make. Cause I know a lot of people with money. They're the most miserable people in the world. Mm. I know a lot of people that have no money and they're some of the nicest, most peaceful, gentle people I've ever met. And there's a lot in between. That's right. You know? So the point is, it's not about what we can gain here it's what we can gain there. Mm. And who can we help take with us that God allows? That's, that's the walk that we should be walking. Amen.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Well, well Don, gosh, I, I could talk to you all day and I'm, I'm, I'm so encouraged myself just just hearing your story and, and just the, the value of, of sharing our story and what God's done in us and through us. And, and it's evident that, that he's, uh, he's had his hand on your life and uh, it's so cool to hear. His book is called Six Rings from Nowhere, A True Story of Faith, of Hope, and of Triumph. He's Don Beebe, and, and Don, really appreciate you being a part of Unpacking It today, and, and thanks for, for being open and sharing your story, and uh, really, really cool to talk to you.
1: Anytime, Bryce. Thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely. He's Don Beebe, joining us here on Unpacking It.